0: The reading is taken from nehemiah in various sections from chapter six and seven when all our enemies heard about this all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence because they realized that this work had been done with the help of our god after the wall had been rebuilt and i had set the doors in place The gatekeepers, the musicians, and the Levites were appointed. I put in charge of Jerusalem my brother, Hanani, along with Hananiah, the commander of the citadel, because he was a man of integrity and feared God more than most people do. I said to them, the gates of Jerusalem are not to be opened until the sun is hot, While the gatekeepers are still on duty, have them shut the doors and bar them. Also, appoint residents of Jerusalem as guards, some at their posts and some near their own houses. Now the city was large and spacious, but there were few people in it, and the houses had not yet been rebuilt. So my God put it into my heart to assemble the nobles, the officials, and the common people for registration by families. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Were you listening to that reading? Okay, turn to your neighbor and tell them who feared God more than most people do. Ah, that's what we've just heard. So and so. Feed God more than most people do. <clears throat> okay, I'm just going to put a slide up. This is... I'm not, I'm not going to tell you even. I'm just going to leave it hanging there. It begins with H. Um, this is our last week in the book of Nehemiah. Whee! Or oh, different responses. Oh, no, 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 please, please. That was forced. Um... I love the book, it's Ezra Nehemiah in the Hebrew Scriptures, we've got two different books, but this story of rebuilding from ruins, um, and today I'd just like to finish with what I think actually I get most from, from the book, what I, what I find it a really moving and challenging uh, book myself, and exciting. But to open up the idea, here's something just to get us uh, thinking. What's going on here, would you say? heat loss. So how many of you find it depressing when you pay your heating bill? It tends to be the grown-ups. So this is just saying, on average, and our house is not average, "Um, floors lose 15%, walls 35%, roofs 25%, windows 10%, drafts, it feels like more than 15%. And so we're thinking, how do we save energy? And the point is, the heat finds a way out this week I had to go up into our loft (laughs) which is harder because that's gone the sideways direction (laughs) it's harder than that look although that looks you'd have to be climbing upside down so imagine that orientated through 90 degrees and just the moment I did it I opened the loft hatch and it was like whoosh and I could feel the draught going up into the void of the, the loft space, which was so cold. And in my mind, I thought, that 30 seconds has cost me 10 quid. I was so resentful. Because it finds the weakest link, the weakest point where it can get through. Um, similarly, oh, that's the correct way out. That would have been very freaky to have that on its side. Uh, if you've got a bucket with holes in, you just know that the water will find where's the holes, where's the gaps, where can we get through. I'm not saying they're thinking like that. Who knows what a water molecule is thinking in a dull moment. But it somehow finds its way out. Um, we used to live down in Litcherminster near Poole, uh, and if you keep going on that sort of where and road, you get to this beautiful place called Corfe Castle. Corfe Castle. This was built by William the Conch in 1070. It's one of the first stone-built castles in the whole of Britain. It's really, really old. And so I went down there and I thought, well, no wonder it's fallen over. I mean, it was remarkable it stayed up at all when it's that old. But in fact, it didn't just fall over. In March of 1645, I remember it so well, like it was yesterday inside were people who supported the king royalists and outside were people with Olive cromwell who didn't want to have a king parliamentarians and they lined up their cannons from the hill that you can still climb up and they just bombarded the walls and all the structures day after day and they created weak points and they rushed in and did bad things to the people inside and actually no more walls have fallen off since then. It's just been left like that to this day. They made sure there were places where they could get in. Um, so, whether it's hot air or whether it's water or if it's invading enemies, there's always going to be looking for weak points in order to get in and invade. Now, earlier on in the book of Nehemiah, We read this. Nehemiah said, he's writing up his diary at the end of the day, I stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall at the exposed places, where it's vulnerable, posting them by families. That's interesting. With their swords, spears and bows, I stood up and said to the people, don't be afraid, remember the Lord who's great and awesome and fight for your families, because they're with their families, Fight for your families, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. So turn to your neighbour and just say to them what you think Nehemiah was doing by having this particular strategy. When he posts them there, what's he actually making sure is going to happen? Sorry, that's a challenge. If you haven't been listening to me so far... (laughs) Okay, it shouldn't really be uh, rocket science. It's probably obvious. So there's two things going on. First of all, he points, gets them to go to the most vulnerable places, the lowest points of the wall. And secondly, he makes people protect their own family and friends because they care the most. People, I don't know, it's just obvious, really, but people fight harder to protect the people they love the most and care about. So if I, this afternoon, were to walk across Victoria Park and someone comes up to beat me up, I will go into the old Navajo Indian trick and run away as fast as I can. (laughs) But if someone were to break into our house and Sue's there, or, or my children, I'm just gonna pick up my bat. I mean it, I I just know I would do that. If I can't run away and just leave the people I love there, we will protect the people we love, even if we personally would make a different decision. And that's one of the reasons why at the moment, the smaller Ukrainian force are able to beat off the much larger, at times, uh, Russian force. Because I'm guessing lots of the Russian soldiers think, what the heck are we doing here? It's not our land. Whereas the Ukrainians know exactly, it's like Zelensky could just nick what Nehemiah said, fight for your families, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. And so they've got more energy. Now some of you, some of you poor people have never been in a Book of Common Prayer Holy Communion service. Maybe the Lord will change that for you one day. I quite like it. And Thomas Cranmer, who wrote, uh, wrote it, and we have the version from 1662, uh, and when you're leading the service and you lead the prayers, the vicar prays, let us pray for the whole state of Christ's church, militant here in earth. Now, the Latin word, militis, is soldier. So if you're militant, it means you're being like a soldier because you're in the military. And so what Cramer's getting onto here is we're praying for the church who are still soldiers. And we're quite clear, there's only one church, but there's like two divisions. One is the church militant here on earth, those of us still alive, and then the church triumphant who've been transferred to the other branch. They don't need prayer, they're with the Lord, they've died. But for those of us who are the church militant here in earth, we need to pray, we need to have God's help in the fight. Now I don't want to overplay the military language because I know it freaks out some people. But it's there in scripture, at times, um, a few weeks ago at the 9.30 service, we sang Onward Christian Soldiers, I don't think I've sung that for years. Not all military imagery is terribly helpful, but here I think it is, because discipleship isn't a short-term contract of service. It's a lifetime commitment. It's not a holiday camp, it's war. And Jesus said, if you enlist, that's your lifetime commitment. He didn't say, if after 30 days you're not completely satisfied, I'll take back your cross and you can get... No, you sign up to follow Jesus, you take up your cross and you follow him for life. That's what the deal is. In fact, at the 930 service, we sang a a hymn, soldiers of Christ arise and put your armor on and take to arm you for the fight, the panoply of God. I went a lot of years without knowing what panoply meant. It's a Greek word, panoply, which means full armor. So, Paul, in Ephesians 6, which is probably the chapter in the Bible that talks most about this, uses the word twice in verse 11 and 13, put on the panoply, the full armour of God. And Paul had spent a lot of time in jail looking at these guys and thinking, uh, actually, that's an image of how are we defending ourselves as as Christians? So you've got the uh, helmet of salvation how 's your thought life? Do you ever find you have unhelpful thoughts? Just the men then okay so so there's, we need to guard our thoughts, but there's also a breastplate of righteousness. If you feel things and you're pulled out of shape by that, the breastplate of righteousness. If you ever find your trousers falling down in the wrong place, you need the belt of truth. Uh, you need to be. Standing in a place of peace, if you're trying to fight and you're slipping over, you need the right sort of footwear. And then there's the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. What God has said he'll do, you can take it like a sword and just beat up the enemy, those thoughts, those feelings, taking the word of God. So Paul thinks, hey, this is a great image. Here I am in prison, but I've got a great idea for my next letter. And he uses that to inspire the church on how do you pray? How do you equip yourself? And so if you were going into the gladiatorial arena, how many of you have been to the Colosseum in Rome? All, oh, quite a few of us. So, I mean, it's quite scary to think Christians were there killed, murdered because they followed Jesus. But uh, if you knew you were going to be in a fight to the death, I'm guessing you would put on the panoply, the full armor of God. You wouldn't, I mean, even if you're built like Russell Crowe, you're going to take all the kit that you can get. But, you know, as church, as Christians, we don't always think we need it. We just can't be bothered. I mean, it's a bit of effort. Have you ever put on a wet wet wetsuit? I mean, it's hilarious, oh, if it's someone else, in fact. That's, that's what makes me laugh on the beach quite often. And when I come up looking like a beached whale, you know, they're just difficult. It's effort, and there's effort needed to put on the armour of God. We all need to do it. No one else can put on your armour. Uh, and so we all need to take this uh, seriously, I believe. Um... But you won't bother, of course, if you think you're not on active service. If you think you are actually in neutral space, if you don't think you're in a war, why on earth would you waste your time with that? Now, I'm entirely clear that I'm in inactive service. Not inactive, in active service. And something that popped into my head uh, just in the earlier service, that I'll use it as an illustration, Um, Our sons are all uh, musicians, and I thought, um, it wasn't coercive control, I thought they might like playing in a band. So I trained them all up on instruments. But I noticed something happened over about two years. We'd have a rehearsal, often on a Saturday evening, and we'd make as much noise, I mean, it would have made people's ears bleed if we did it that volume, but on the Saturday night, it was fun. And then Sunday morning, the boys would fall out with each other, or with me, and stupid arguments would happen, and then one in particular, who I won't name, but he knows if he'll ever hears this talk, would just say, I'm not doing it today. And I was, at first, furious, having spent so much time and effort, myself, getting them, and then I thought, I see a pattern here they've loved rehearsing but actually when they're going into battle when they're being used by God and could be used so effectively there's any kind of reason at all to fall out I bet some of you have your arguments at home on a Sunday morning I mean maybe spread it evenly throughout the week who knows but I know I find it really hard to preach if I've just had bad words with my wife or, indeed, anyone's wife. <laughs> so I don't know why I said that. Uh, let's just reel that back. The point is, we're not on neutral territory. I know, and, and I actually gave, well, I sat them down, and I, one of them I gave a real talking to. Don't you recognize whose voice this is? You're not falling out with me. Someone is sowing a seed of frustration or fear or whatever it is, and this is happening every bloomin' week. And from that day, I said, whether you care about it or not, whether you feel anything, fake it till you make it. Just do it. And to this day, okay, I'll grow up. It's growing up, choosing to push through that and do the work you've been commissioned to do. Whereas we can get all very self-involved about, oh, I don't feel... I mean, most of my ministry, well, lots of it I love but there are some things I don't love, but it turns out I need to do it anyway. You're the same with your jobs. And in Christian ministry, that's what it is. That's what discipleship is. And you won't bother if you think it's just a game. As my little boys, sorry, it's a bit self-indulgent, I know, but in our back garden, they loved playing soldiers. I fear too many Christians Fear, I fear they if you think about it in those terms. That this is a leisure pursuit. It used to happen a lot down in Pool. People would actually say to me, "I didn't come to church. It was such nice weather. It seemed a waste to come to church." And they're telling me about it. I thought, really, you think you can make it as a solo Christian? Good luck with that. You'll find it harder. Do not meet give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing that's in the book of Hebrews it's always been a challenge to be bothered to be loving to be discipled but actually if we think we're in that scenario it's, there's no real risk is there it's just a bit of fun but I don't think it's fun I've had weeks where I thought I feel under attack now some of us put up your hand if you are naturally superstitious there's only two of us being honest. So some of you, (laughs) thank thank you, mate. I I think we all are at different levels. Um, So I, uh, many, I've got a big motorbike and uh, I was on the A31 and a deer jumped out in front of me. I was doing 60 and by the grace of God, I wasn't killed, but the bike was written off and I had several fractures. And so I knew through that, it was a, a word for me that I needed to get a bigger faster bike uh, Sue felt God was maybe saying something different there anyway, I won that one um, but I then thought from now on when I go out on my motorbike I mean I, I just say Lord I'm going out now okay just watch over me and then I th- used to include the phrase and actually if there's any deer could they not jump in front of me and then I thought how how do what about a stoat Or a badger do I need to include them no probably not but then I thought what about the brake pads I mean and then I started getting longer prayers and then I realized this is stupid I'm becoming superstitious as if I would be saved by my prayer I'm not saved by my prayers I'm saved by God and my prayer is to try and express trust in him and it's a funny thing when we're praying We've got to make sure we're not trusting in our prayers, being really super-duper prayers. Our trust is in Jesus who saves us. But we should articulate it. We should make it a real prayer. Um, And I'm very clear I'm under attack. Most of the time I'm not aware of it. But sometimes I think, oh, I recognize this. Anyone know what that's called in Latin? Latin? niche question. I'll be amazed, actually. Uh, It's called an urta, And if you are um, on a watchtower, so it's a watchtower, but that's an urta. If you're on the watchtower, you are al urta. To be al erta alert, means you're on a watchtower. And Paul in that letter says, Be on the alert. Watch. Can't you see what's going on? And I think if we're not watchful, if we're not aware of what's going on, we will uh, be in danger. So, coming into land. Oh, there's question marks. Thank you. I like that. Do you believe you're in a battle? I wonder if you think you are, or whether, well, it's because you're a vicar. Or or a nutter? I mean, do you think that's all make-believe or what people used to think, or is it still a battle? Do you believe you're in a battle? Do you know where you're vulnerable? For some of you, it might be in your minds. For some of you, in your hearts. For some of you, you've got habits that you keep tripping up. Now, I don't think you need to be thinking, oh, I've I've done it again. God doesn't want us to be depressed and thinking oh life's so hard i'm never when you hear a voice saying you've always been like this and you will never change whose voice do you think that might be is it likely to be the holy spirit no of course it wasn't god comes by his spirit to convict us so that we can change where you just hear the voice of condemnation well that's typical of you that's the voice of the enemy discouraging you, making you afraid and feeling it's hopeless. But know your vulnerabilities, know yourself, not to beat yourself up, but to think, well, what am I going to do about it? So that's the next question. Do you have a strategy? So I gave my son a strategy, which was really along the lines of grow up. (laughs) Just take responsibility. This is your life. You can choose to do it, play the music or not but I can't hold your hand, you've got to make a choice. And then he made a good choice. So if you are prone to falling at a particular place, how can you strategize about that? Uh, It's just popped into my head. I know quite a few people who are misled by having their phones with them too much. And so overnight, they leave it downstairs rather than upstairs in the bedroom because it just means it's not there i mean can you have you the willpower to do that for the things that make you trip up and finally and this is really where i'm landing it will you pray for someone else what's your bit of the wall and i sort of tried to think and pray who are the people i pray for and i didn't feel that i should actually share that but i've got quite a long list of people so um my own family and their relations, certain friends, all my godchildren, I'm godparents to lots of people, I promised to pray for them. And I know I am so rubbish at doing that. If I don't pray for them every day, I won't do it at all. So I've just made a promise, I will pray for them every day. And then there's some people I've prayed for, uh, they've no idea that I pray for them. It would probably freak them out if they did but for 20 or 30 years, I've been praying for them every day because God, has, they've, God told me they're on my bit of the wall. Actually, I'm the only person praying for some of those people, so I better jolly well do it. Now, I'd love to say I pray for you all. I don't. There's over 300 people on church suite. I mean, I wouldn't do anything else if I did, much as I love you. But if you can pray for yourself and your bit of the wall, we're all safe, Yeah. We're all committed to God. That doesn't mean bad things can't happen. It just means we're all taking responsibility for our bit of the wall. So will you pray for some people? Are you clear who you are praying for regularly because you feel, I'm fighting for my family. I'm fighting for my friends. This is my responsibility before God. So Father, I pray that you help us in this just to see the reality of the world we live in and how we need your help that we'll have faith in you not in us being great at praying but in you and your almighty power pray that you'll help us to put on the full armor of god to learn to have a strategy and that we'll know the people you've put on our hearts to pray for every day to pray your blessing and protection over their lives in jesus name amen